Happy Monday, everyone. You're about to listen to episode five of the I Hate Green Beans podcast, and I need to disclaim something to y'all. Some guy in Austin and I recorded this right after Rachel's hometown dates, so we were in rare form. You've been warned. We talk about tattoos and if it's acceptable for men to wear adult onesies, no, and the phenomenon that is Pitbull. Have fun and thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, we're back again with Hometown Dates on Rachel's Season. Very exciting. We had four guys left. I'm here with some guy in Austin to talk about it. We just both watched the show, so it's fresh on our minds. First time we've ever recorded right after the show, so get ready, buckle up. It's going to be interesting. Some guy, why don't you tell us who the four dudes are that are left on Rachel's roster? Well, there's four separate individuals. First of all, thank you again for having me on. I, I appreciate your patience with me. Um, so there's four dudes. Let's see. There's Eric. Mm-hmm. He was from Baltimore, right? Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Brian from Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's poor Dean from Aspen. Yeah, poor Dean. Mm-hmm. And then there's Peter from, was it Milwaukee or Madison? I think Madison, because I saw the Capitol building behind them when they had this sweet little kiss in the middle of the street. I commend you for knowing the difference between Milwaukee and Madison as the capitals of Wisconsin. Oh, I know all the capitals. Vermont is Mount Pillier. I know that from the Cheerios commercial. That's how you pronounce it in East Texas, I guess. How do you pronounce it? Isn't it Montpelier or something? Like something (laughs) Frenchy sounding, right? It is Mount Pillier, and everybody knows that. Fair enough. Okay. Pecan pie. <laughs> pecan. Pecan pie. All right. Eric was first up. They jumped right into the hometown dates. Like you said, he's from Baltimore and kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on saying how hard it was growing up. Oh, look, there's somebody selling drugs right there as they're driving down the street. Did you notice that Rachel had brass knuckles on? I, I didn't notice that, but I did notice last week she had a ring that was looked like an iPhone welded to... Uh, a finger thing. I mean, she's been wearing some very giant costume jewelry this season. She has. That, it is the statement ring this year. And it was her ring. It wasn't brass knuckles. But they could have they could have doubled for it. And, I, you know, I commend her for being prepared. But so she goes to Eric's hometown, and they first play a little basketball on the court where he grew up. And then I think, who was it, a cousin that came or a friend? I, think, I thought he was a friend. Okay. Uh, he had some nice things to say about Eric. Right. Uh, clearly, Eric owes him dinner or whatever. And uh, <laughs> What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, look, I think it's just unnatural. I mean, let's face it, the whole thing's unnatural. But, like, if I was going to meet a friend's new girlfriend, I wouldn't immediately run into how special my friend was. And I just thought timing was weird on that, you know? Oh, okay. Eric was the, in my humble opinion was the only guy dressed normally. We'll talk about Dean's pants and shoes later. (laughs) 
We'll talk about yes, we will. Peter's weird uh, shirt tail thing going on there. <laughs> yes, I mean, we will. Like, it would look like a onesie. I was looking for snaps oh. on that. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Uh, Mr. Miami with, with the... I guess he looked okay for Miami, you know, with the... That ombre shirt? Yeah, the ombre shirt and then the mm. white shoes with the cute little pants. Mm-mm. But no, I, I thought, I, you know, I will say, let me, and you're probably going to get into this, but that is the first time I've seen Eric smile all season. That's very true. And and he walked into a room full of, I think I counted maybe six or seven women and two men, including the guy that he met on the basketball court, that they completely overwhelmed Rachel with compliments and being warm and being welcome and it seemed it all seemed very natural to me for them to be together. This is why we do hometowns, Lindsay. I mean, it's very important uh, to for her to see these guys in their element. But no, I, I was I had to tell you, man, I was I was I felt the same way you did. I was surprised um, based on the way he talked about it. I was waiting for a freaking Molotov cocktail to be thrown through the window or something. <laughs> but they all seem like very genuine, friendly people. I loved the lady with the beehive hair. And the sequin shirt with the hot pink pants. She was my favorite. They didn't talk to her, though. They talked to the lady who looked like Dionne Warwick. But they all seemed to love Rachel, and it was the shortest date. He, of course, said either I'm falling in love with you or I love you at the end. But it was the shortest date. It was, like you said, the most normal date. And Eric is the guy that you've kind of been talking about since the very beginning. So I think it was... they made it sound like it was going to be horrific and she needed to have a bodyguard and carry, you know, pack some heat with her. But it was very normal, I thought. Very good. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, maybe if we see that neighborhood at nighttime, it would be a different story. But uh, <laughs> Or stop I, where those people are buying drugs. That would be different, too. I thought of all four, I thought she had the best time there. There's no question. The, the, I mean, Dean's date was a freaking nightmare. Peter, I don't think, did himself any favors. His, his mom looked like uh, she combed her hair with a firecracker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that hairdo is horrible. Did you see her tat coming out of her I was, shirt? I, I was trying to figure out if that was a tattoo or just some kind of bra thing going no, on. No, that was a tattoo. Back oh, tat. I wonder what that is. I wanted to say angel wings coming up out of her shirt. Because you know Peter's got a huge lion on his chest or some sort of animal. Maybe it's a dolphin. No, it's not a dolphin. (laughs) I know for a fact it's not a dolphin. But it's something because don't think I don't follow him on Instagram. Good for that guy. I bet you he's got a tramp stamp. No, he doesn't. I think he does have the tribal thing around his bicep. Do you have one of those, some guy? Some guy has nine tattoos, <laughs> believe it or not. But do you have the tribal band around your bicep? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. Barbed no. wire? It's barbed wire, isn't it? I'm not Vin Diesel. <laughs> Tell us one of your tattoos. I have on my right shoulder, I have the state of Texas with a big lone star in the middle. Okay, how big? And are we talking Brad Womack cross big or? <laughs> no. no. No, okay. All right. I wasn't trying to make, well, I don't know what he was trying to do. Did I tell you one time, uh, I, I, as we've discussed before, I see him in the gym all the time. And one time I went in the locker room and he happened to be shirtless. Um, and he was like just changing shirts and uh, he had his uh, back to me. And I thought, well, God, it looks like Brad. And I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and he took the shirt off and that ridiculous tattoo was staring me right in the face. 
And if if I if I was really your friend, Lindsay, I probably would have risked a picture. But I know. I, yeah, I mean, my luck. I'd been arrested and on TMZ <laughs> for. You just need to go above and beyond next time for the Call of Duty. Listen, I got you a picture of him curling or whatever he was you doing. You did, last... and of him and his twin brother in the the plane that one time. I You're just, are you stalking them? What's the no, deal? I see, I see him all the time. <laughs> Isn't the brother cuter than him? Or no? I, I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I have a twin in brother. In your opinion. <laughs> Listen, I've <laughs> Brad is just so Which I mean, one is hotter? <laughs> he's delicious. Um well you know what's weird? So I have I have an identical twin brother, just like Brad, and and I don't you know, if, if we were to walk in a room separately, you would say, Oh, well, yeah, that could be some guy or that could be some guy's brother. But him and his brother, Brad and his brother, look exactly alike, which mm-hmm. is weird because they're in like their mid forties. But the funniest, the funniest thing about seeing them was they both had on literally the same outfit. It was just different, oh. different colors, mm. and they had the same freaking haircut. Mm. I had the same haircut as my brother since I was four. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the date goes with Eric. It was uneventful. I guess that's the best way to put it. If you had to have a hometown date with the girl, now you said that was weird for the guy to come up on the basketball and whatever. Where would you take the girl if she was coming home to you in Austin? This is a great question because as I've written about and as you and I have talked about, well, actually, I've, I've actually been your tour guide a couple times here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there is nothing I love more, and that's the honest truth, than having a stranger come to town. Not a stranger, but someone who's never been here. Uh, come to You're town. You're going to get a lot of emails after that <laughs> comment. Like, hey, uh, I'm at the hotel. You want to come pick me up and show me around? Um, but no, and, and as some of the readers uh, will, can also testify to, they um, – I get emails occasionally like, hey, what should I do in Austin? And I always take the time to just give a big, huge laundry list of stuff to do. But I I love showing people around Austin. And so here's what I would do. Um, I have a boat. And so we definitely get out on the lake, on Lake Austin, not Lake Travis where all the idiots are. And I would show them the city from dam to dam because it's all the Colorado River dammed up. That's 20, uh, 28 miles of river. And so there's nothing greater than like cruising around there. Uh, then you also have to do some touristy things like go to the Four Seasons and drink what's called a Batini, which is a fancy martini that they make there because the Congress Street Bridge is filled with a million and a half Mexican freetail bats that come out uh, between March and October every year. But they, it's a big tradition to sit around, drink a martini on the Four Seasons deck and watch the bats come out around sunset. Is that kind of freaky? Uh, no, I mean, if, if you're afraid of bats, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, I mean, are they just flying right up beside you? No, no, no. So uh, just looking you down at, at them. Well, a lot of people stand on the bridge, but no, I've actually done a, a cruise. You can do like a river cruise. Mm-mm. It's it's not set where they Mm-mm. actually park almost under the bridge. Nope. It's not. No, it's not. Nope. Mm-mm. I mean, some people freak. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to get in your hair. They don't. You know, they're literally the size of a chicken nugget. Oh. They're free tail bats. It's not some giant like fruit bat. <laughs> That's not what I have in my mind. I have Dracula in my mind. Right. Fruit okay. bat looks like a freaking like a dog with wings. But no, a Mexican free tail bat is it's bigger than a chicken nugget, but it they're still pretty small. Okay. Um 
and it's pretty neat to watch the little cloud come out and then it all forms and spreads out. They, they fly, uh, they fly East. And then, uh, so then th- those are some touristy things. And then, you know, there's some, some music venues that I like Jenny's I've taken you to do and, um, broken spoke to go to stepping, you know, everything Wes Hayden didn't do. Exactly. <laughs> Would you stand in the middle of the road and have a kissing moment with the Capitol behind you? Like Peter did. If I could get a free Breitling watch out of it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What would they, what would you get free in Austin? Oh, that's a tough one. Some blue bonnets? Blue bonnets, there you go. A picture, I would, I would, I would frolic amongst the blue bonnets and make out Mm -hmm. like, like uh, Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood and Splendor of the Grass. Everybody has to have a blue bonnet picture. That's tradition. It is. Every year. But you can't pick them because that's illegal. All you people going out there to frolic, don't pick them. That's correct. You can frolic, but you have to be careful frolicking and you can't pick them. Right. It's like we say, uh, leave only footprints and take only memories. (laughs) Do we say that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up was Brian. He got the second hometown. He's in Miami. What do we know about Miami, some guy? It's worldwide. Totally. And Cayocho is the famous street. Uh, there's a lot of old Cuban guys who are uh, waiting to grift you at Domino's, apparently. As you know, too, I spent a lot of time in Miami for my job. It's more Cuban than the valley here, the Rio Grande Valley, is Mexican. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that if you go to the Rio Grande Valley here... You, you feel like you're in Mexico. You hear a lot of Spanish and whatever. But if you go to Miami, you really feel like you're in Cuba. I mean, that's it's just it's really a unique place. And oddly enough, Pitbull did not make an appearance. You and I were both. I think I was on the edge of my seat when I heard the worldwide reference. Yes. And, and then he said, oh, we're going to go down Cayocho. And I thought, well, <laughs> There's only one person that you can see down there that's worth seeing. <laughs> Caleocho! So, so Mr. 305. <laughs> Some guy and I have a theory that Pitbull is at any given time everywhere. Being featured somewhere. He is being featured everywhere. Yes. And and you you will notice it now. You will notice him being featured in every song, on every reality show, on every game show, on every TV show probably in the soundtrack of movies and in Vegas, just you name it. He's probably in Branson right now. Uh, no, he's actually coming here at the end of August uh, with Enrique Iglesias. Oh. And so I thought uh, maybe I'd give you a birthday present early. We would have to sit close enough to be able to appreciate his pit bullness. Right. But right. far enough back not to be annoyed by it. <laughs> and we'd have to... <laughs> That is perfect. <laughs> and we'd have to wear our sunglasses because that's, that's his right. thing. And you would have Eric to shave Church. your head. Done. Eric Done. Church and Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Years from now, years from now, he's gonna, he's, gonna, both of those guys are gonna be on some commercial together, and they're gonna confess that they've had like dry eye or something. For, you know, <laughs> a visine commercial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, or LASIK or something. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Brian. I 
thoughts on Brian and thoughts on Brian's mom go. Dude, that was <laughs> <laughs> He was actually all right, so my 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 opinion as I've stated changed of Eric tonight and it definitely changed of him. He seems like a pretty sincere guy. He's just a cheese, you know. You're talking and then, about Brian right now. Yeah, Brian. Okay. And then he's also 37, which I find odd. Yeah. And the the whole like Cuban and that their culture, you know, is more of a maternal based culture and all that. Yeah, I get the cultural differences. My mother in law is Brazilian. There's definitely differences in the way that family interacts and all that. But that was a little too weird to mm-hmm. me. It was almost, um, like I said, like almost Norman Bates ish. And then the veiled threat <laughs> to Rachel. Let, let me explain what has gone on. So he introduces. Rachel to his mom and dad his dad doesn't speak he's barely even in the shot and some other people are there but his mom is the one that is the focus of the meeting the parents I guess moment and she is Colombian and she says to Rachel on more than one occasion in various types of broken English he is my life and he is my everything talking about Brian I love him to bits and if you hurt him, I will kill you. To which a very uncomfortable laugh escaped from Rachel's mouth. I, I thought that was a weird place for that threat. I thought she went out of her way to make it clear that she comes first. And I got to tell you, the first thought that I had was I don't blame the other girl for being upset mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. I could totally see how I could ruin a relationship having that lady around. Well, that's tough, too, because I don't know if you watched the very, very end, but the last clip was her saying how skinny Brian was and why isn't he eating and she's going to have to feed him some more because he's not fat enough. And then she commented on his hair and she said how his hair was too short and he needed to have it was it was a lot of information in a very short amount of time where Rachel even said, your mom doesn't miss anything, which is code for. Your mom is weighing your life a little bit too much, but I still think that she likes him, likes him, likes him, and was fine with the mom, supposedly. Well, I think she's in denial, but I agree. Like, she, okay, so there were four. I think this is a record, though, Lindsay. I'm sure, I don't mean to steal your thunder, mm-hmm. but I'm sure this is going to make your, your written blog. There were four jump and straddles. Yes. Uh-huh. I oh. did notice that. Four for four. Yes, that's right. But but only one hey babe. Exactly. Did you notice that? Exactly. Yes, I did. And he got the Bradling watch, which he wore proudly. I still don't and think he's going to win. I don't know, man. Those I are big indicators they for me. They are, though. A hey babe is hey babe is huge. Babe is a term of a yucky term of endearment, but it is a term of endearment, and it was immediate. He just still, to this day, every time I look at him, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. He said something, I'm obsessed with your smile. I can't get over it. And I just yelled to the television, line, and Rachel said it too. She said something along the lines of, that's a that's a great line. Do you say that to all the girls? So she's seeing it. She's recognizing it, that everything seems a little bit too forced. But she likes it when he sticks his tongue down her throat. She likes it a lot. She does. Even though now, Dean's a better kisser. How old is she? Is she 31? 31 or 32, yeah. 
They better get to having kids real quick if they get married. No, that, I'm sure the mama will make that happen. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, she probably offered to be a surrogate. I'm sure she would. <laughs> I'm sure she would. She'll be there in the room going, a little higher over there. Now move over here. Is that gross? That's gross. Okay, let's move on to Peter. Peter is in Wisconsin. He is very excited for her to meet his family, but first they're going to meet friends of his and they go to a bar during the day which was closed but I guess they opened it for this and he mentions this is an aside that he goes to the art museum every Saturday morning do you buy that it's probably a good place to meet chicks Mm. and that would also explain the affinity for Bing Crosby sweaters maybe (laughs) he's into the ladies over there did you notice that he put on a sweater later in the date yeah but you know here's the thing he he didn't put on a Peter sweater. He put on like a normal sweater. He did. Maybe. But he had that weird tail thing. I told yeah. you it looked like a onesie a baby would wear. He did. He looked like he had on a onesie that wasn't snapped. That's right. And it was very scoop necky. A little bit too scoopy for my taste. Yeah. But he took her to this bar during the day so he she could meet his friends, these four friends because apparently he has all the friends in the world and they all love him. So he took a sampling of that mm-hmm. friendship group and they all met her and seemed to think she's great and she fit right in. Well, yeah, I mean, he's friends apparently with The Rock and uh, <laughs> Quest Love. But uh, I did think it was, well, he said that apparently 80% of his friends are black, which is fine, but I thought that was an unnecessary I agree. element. Uh, but I think that, you know, honestly, that that's got to be a factor that, you know, there's other people they can relate to. I'm not sure really how taboo an interracial relationship is these days. But if it's taboo anywhere, it might be Madison, Wisconsin, where. Well, I mean, they, the two friends were black and they were married to white women. They don't show Rachel speaking to those girls. And that entire exchange was exactly what you said. It felt a little forced under the umbrella of, hey, I have black friends. Yay. Then they go to his house, and that's when they meet the mom and the dad and, I guess, a sister and a brother-in-law and two kids, which automatically the kids, she's very excited about seeing him interacting with children. He has a conversation with his mom. Peter has a conversation with his mom, and he sort of confesses, which, again, this happens every season. He sort of confesses. Gosh, I don't know if I could get down on one knee at the end of this. I don't know if I want to be married. I'm definitely committed to her. And the mom tells Rachel that. Because Rachel flat out asks, do you think he's ready to get married? Well, he, her son just told her, well, no. So she shares that information. And they're trying to make that now, I believe, a way to force us down this path of, oh, she doesn't pick him at the end. What do you think? Well, he said that to his friends, too. So maybe maybe he has commitment issues, but we say this all the time. If you're even rationally biased, you know, uh, at the end of this show where, where it's got to hit these guys eventually, I, I'm expected to be engaged after this. And if, if as any normal person, I think, would feel a little bit of trepidation, if you express that, then somehow you're not fit for the finding love in Spain or whatever it's going to be. So I, I think that it's a, probably a natural reaction, but it's probably not one he hasn't had before. 
And as far as the mom ratting him out, like, it's a fair question, and mm-hmm. she gave an honest answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that, too. The A lot of people I was watching with tonight kept saying, yeah, he's known her for three weeks. It's okay if he doesn't want to get down on one knee. But she kept saying, and, and Rachel told Harrison at the end when she had her special one-on-one time with our host, Chris Harrison, she even said, I don't want a boyfriend at the end of this. I want a fiancé. And we, somebody who is looking forward to getting married to me, I don't want a boyfriend. I want a husband. I think that Peter, I don't think he went on the show thinking I'm going to go all the way and have to make that decision. Now that it's imminent, I think maybe he's getting cold feet. Well, and you have him compared to Brian Eric, who are already saying, yes, I want to marry you. Yes, I want to marry you. Yes, I'm in love with you. Yes, yes, yes. And so she has those two over here. That are sure things. And then she has Peter and Dean who are a little bit more on the shaky side. Plus, Peter has not said to her either he's falling in love with her or he loves her. So that is that puts him in this shaky gray area. I, I thought I honestly thought Peter was going home. Did you? Oh, not me. Yeah. I thought he's going home, and I thought. And let me explain my rationale. Uh, red flag, red flag, red flag. And as you said, she's got two other guys drooling on her, sucking on her face, and all that stuff. So those are two good options. Then she's got Peter telling him, "I don't know if I'm ready or not." And it would be really easy for her to cut him loose, I think. And then you go to Dean's, and it was impossible not to feel sorry for that guy. I, I mean, know. I thought maybe she. And send him home. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's I mean, talk about Dean. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful phrase. <laughs> awful. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> the, yes, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Those, those cotillion classes I've, <laughs> I've been taking are paying off. Hmm. Emily Post would be so proud. So would Lene Ray. Let's talk about Dean. He is in Aspen, Colorado. His wardrobe. My oh, goodness. I yeah, don't same pants know. as Rachel. Oh, he did. That's what we said. Lady pants that had elastic around the ankle and shoes that the cobbler made. I don't they understand. Weren't, they weren't warm-up pants either. They were Right. It was the, some sort of hybrid. And then the, the sweater that barely fit him. Mm-hmm. He looked like a... An 18-month-old baby that maybe is should be in 24-month-old clothes, but you're still buying the 18 months because grandma bought you that shirt. You got to put it on when grandma comes over. And then uh, as far as where he grew up, I didn't realize he grew up in Aspen. What a what a great mm-hmm. place to, to grow up. But it sounded like he had some bad stuff happen. That's pretty terrible. But at the end, they have this little picnic in the middle of the field with the mountains in the background. And it's just... Again, all forced to me. It seems all fabricated that she just happens to tell him, I think you need to have a very important conversation with your father. And today's the day to do it. You haven't spoken in two years and you haven't you haven't had any emotional breakthrough with him in eight years. Do it you think today. That, do it on you, the camera. <laughs> you think sense. that was filmed? You think that was filmed the next day? No. No, I think Mike Fly said, hey, Rachel, I'll give you an extra 5K. Hey, Dean, I'll give you an extra 5K. 
if we can go film at your dad's house. Why else would he go if there wasn't something financially available or if he was somehow forced to do it too in some sort of contract that if your parents are alive, we have to go see them? Because he w- it was odd and strange and weird and Dean used the word eccentric last week and, and that was true. <laughs> A but, yes, but his dad is of the Sikh faith, which is all about peace and harmony and they don't have a table in their house and there are pillows everywhere on the floor and immediately and he said I'm not nervous I am terrified and that yeah, I just is felt the look on his face I know the look on his face the whole time was just it was just sheer it wasn't just discomfort it was he was clearly struggling I thought mm-hmm. it's not the meanest thing they've ever done to a contestant but it's, it's close oh that's making Emily Maynard drive around in a race car that uh, was the oh, meanest that thing was, that's the second meanest the first one was making her get on a private jet oh <laughs> true yeah true. remember that yeah so the idea of him, they walk in and you can tell Dean is just, he never makes eye contact with anybody. He stares at the floor the entire time. Those beautiful blue eyes staring at the floor. And he is uncomfortable, but he's he's courteous. He's very courteous saying, thank you for welcoming us into our home, into your home. And thank you for inviting us to sit down on the floor and all these pillows. And then they do some gong meditation now, he doesn't close his eyes, but he doesn't freak out. And Rachel is nice and gracious, saying, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then she encourages him to, to, well, actually, it was the dad who said, can I have some alone time with Dean? And they talk it out, and it's it's unfortunate and sad and bad. And I I don't like that it was on TV because I think it was probably real stuff going on. Because everybody was uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree with that. The The other siblings, apparently, there's some fracturing in that family. The sister seems to be the most, the one Rachel talked to, mm-hmm. seems to be the most normal one. But even she, clearly none of those people have dealt with their mom's passing or whatever. No. And I got to, yeah, look, the Sikh thing, uh, and, and, and it was a little weird, but I you know, everyone deals with that in their own way. And so just as Dean is, I guess, prevented from handling that emotionally, so is the dad clearly hasn't dealt with it either. That's exactly right. He got very emotional, even in front of his new wife saying how the wife who had passed away was wonderful and beautiful and great and, and such a lovely, lovely person. But the sad thing about it is, is, is Dean's to to Rachel's encouragement and probably to his own, hey, we might as well get this over with. He's trying to, I, I assume, help me figure this out. I assume he's trying to get his dad not only to own up that he sort of checked out or completely checked out after the mom died, but just is he trying to get it, him to admit it, you think? Or is he just trying to get him to say, I'm sorry I wasn't there for, for you because... There was a lot of double talk going on and a lot of the dad 
saying things like, well, you know, I believe in peace and I believe in blessings and whatever you feel about me, you really feel about you. It was, it was all over the map and they never really landed anywhere. And Dean's frustration kept growing and growing and growing and growing. But I kept thinking, what are we trying to accomplish here? What is, what is the end goal? And I don't know what that is. Besides ratings. Um, exactly. I just look, th- that's a conversation that could literally take years <laughs> to right. develop, you know i mean that's not something you resolve in a segment on a tv show and clearly there's a lot of anger there i guess it's hard for him to know that there was so much anger and know there was so much abandonment yet he is sitting there looking at his father in his purple gown and purple turban and surrounded by all of this serenity stuff and having a peaceful and loving and sweet, calm disposition. Yet Dean is saying, I don't know who this man is. And he got a little angry with him at the end. He gets up and leaves. And then when Rachel tries to talk to him, he shuts her down. He wishes her blessings, but he shuts her down and says, can't do this. Don't want to do this. If things work out and you come back, that'll be great, but don't want to do this. And then Rachel walks back inside and finds Dean horizontal. The poor guy is just nervous wreck. And apparently won't let the dad back in his own house. (laughs) Exactly. He's peeking through (laughs) windows, which was so strange. And then Rachel chooses to have a heart-to-heart with Dean right then, and then they make out on the dirty pillows, pillows, the gong pillows. That can't be healthy or sanitary at all but it it ends up that she I don't know she encourages him and maybe he thinks he got something great out of it I'm not sure but they she leaves in the rain and in the pillow talk he does say I'm falling for you I'm falling in love with you that's what he says I I think he's I, I, I don't think she was buying what he was saying I think He's probably sincere, but could there be a more awkward situation to try and make that point? Mm-mm. Nope. You know, you get all that family stuff going on. You bring home a girl after you haven't seen your dad for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cards are stacked against uh, poor Dean there. Which brings us to the rose ceremony. And she has her powwow with Chris Harrison, who gives Rachel his pocket square when she starts crying, which <laughs> oh, I, I thought was so great. Well, no, and then she's she's drying her eyes, and he's probably thinking that's fifteen hundred dollars. No, he doesn't care. He has a million of them. He, he just does. gives them away to the ladies. He probably Cale has ocho. probably bought the whole the whole roll of silk, you know, the whatever they call it, a big roll they have, not just a square. He's just and you know he would have been with Pitbull had he got invited to had he been invited to Miami. Damn right he would have. Totally would have been with Pitbull. Okay, so we have the rose ceremony, talking to Harrison. So then she goes in, we have the four guys standing there looking great. Peter looked good in his suit. I will say that 9,000 times. He did. He could wear a suit. Brian was fine. I forgot to say how I think it's attractive that Brian spoke Spanish. I think if that's attractive, if you know a second language. I'm just throwing that out there. And then... We had Dean. He's not showing off. He's in Miami talking to the Cubans. And then we have Dean and his little bow tie and his tight, 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 yeah. tight pants. They, were, they weren't good. 
they same weren't. tailor, the same tailor who cut those red stretchy things mm-hmm. is one who designed mm-hmm. that. It was bad. It was bad. And then Eric looked normal like he always does. So she, this is what I thought was weird. She stands up in front of them and does her monologue and talks about the person who's going to leave and how much she thinks they're great. And she just monologues for the longest time and then calls Brian's name first. And, and, and we believe she calls Brian's name first because he's a sure thing, right? Am I right? Yeah. That's, there's always the first guy at this point is always in first place. I think she's calling him out in order. Oh, see, I don't. I think she calls the, the sure things. But I, don't, I think she wants it to be Peter. But she makes it, I don't know, I don't know. That's why the show is so good in such a bad way. So she calls Brian out. He comes and gets his. The second rose goes to Eric. Did that surprise you? No. No, it didn't. That's right. You love Eric. And after I don't love Eric. I just, I saw, I think he loosened up a little tonight. It's yeah. the first time I've seen any personality from the guy. He's been angry the entire time or maybe not angry. He just has this brooding thing going yeah. on. He seemed to have a good support system seemed to, you know, overcome adversity. I mean, some of the things that she should be looking for, quite frankly, um, you know, in a person she's going to spend her life with. Right. And compared that to Dean and what she had just experienced in Aspen. That's a lot of baggage to work it's through a, with somebody. And you lot. just don't know it's going to materialize over the course of a relationship. If they have kids, then you're 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 dealt with all of a sudden now you're in your dad's position and mm-hmm. she eventually has to say, Do I really want to deal with whatever issues are there or do I just want to pick a turnkey solution? Mm-hmm. She would have had to put Dean back together like freaking Humpty Dumpty in bad pants. <laughs> <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> yeah, poor Dean. Do you think giving Peter the final rose was a message to him that he needs to get his act together and say, love me, love me, love me? Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. So Dean doesn't get a rose. He wiggles his way to the hallway so she can s- s- tell him why she didn't pick him. The dude was hot. He was upset, and his reasoning was, when we were wallowing on the floor, and I said, I'm falling in love with you, and we didn't hear this on camera, but apparently she said back to him in response, me too. So that made him hot. Yeah, he was a little mad, and I thought it was a shame because he's got all that other stuff going on, and then this thing doesn't work out either, Mm -hmm. so now he's... Twice as broken as he was before. Dean was in the rejection limo and he was angry saying, I would think that if I told somebody I was falling in love and they answered back, they would mean it. Well, she didn't mean it. Now she claims she did, but it doesn't make any sense. I think a lot of that anger is coming from the fact that he just did a really big thing on national television with his family and all of that. And he's just irritated that it didn't end the way he wanted it to. But if I had to guess, and I don't know anything because I try to stay away from spoilers. If I had to guess, I'd say he's going to paradise. Do you think he is? I agree with that. Who's going to be the final two? I think Peter's going home. I think it's going to be Eric and the chiropractor. Really? Okay. I'm going to say Brian, the chiropractor, and Peter, and Peter wins. 
And Brian gets asked to be the next Bachelor. Unless they go in the bench and find somebody else or get somebody new, which I don't think is going to happen. Or maybe Brad Womack wants to do it for a third time. I'd watch that. (laughs) Will you ask him at the gym tomorrow? Will you tap him on the shoulder above the cross and say, hey. I will. Thank you. Make sure it's not the twin, though. Well, you know it'll be chest and arms day. Chest and arms day. Caleocho. Caleocho. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Guyinaustin.blogspot.com or just search Google some guy in Austin and I will pop up. Perfect. Thanks so much for being on the show. And thank you all so much for listening to I Hate Green Beans podcast. We'd love for you to join us again for future episodes. Just come here once a week. We'll have everything you need to know about all things pop culture and Bachelor, and we'll be talking to friends of the show. Check out my social media accounts. It's Lindsay on Instagram and Twitter, L-I-N-C-E-E, and Lindsay Ray on Facebook. Also check out the recap on IHateGreenBeans.com every Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Love you. Mean it. Texas forever. <laughs>